0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to
1: Real Presence Live. We're just so very glad that you took some time out to be with us today. We have a great show. Our next segment uh, is uh, Cliff Naylor from KFYR-TV. And uh, we are broadcasting uh, this morning from Steffes in North Dickinson, but we have our studio set up at Corpus Christi Catholic Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. And our next guest is standing by on the headphones. But we also have a very special guest in uh, one of our, our veteran uh, co-host in Monsignor Schumacher from Corpus Christi in Bismarck. Good morning Monsignor.
2: Hey uh, Michael good morning to you. I just saw Cliff come in the offices here and I wanted to greet him and welcome him to Corpus Christi and RPR and I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Beautiful. Uh, I hear our listeners all over the area mentioning RPR and uh, thank you for that. So Michael I'm just uh, stepping in here to, to, to welcome Cliff. And to wish uh, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, all right? All I'm right. off to deliver some hams to Holmes. We have our Christmas party uh, this afternoon. It's a great time of the year for all of us. Uh, Cliff, good morning to you. Welcome
3: good to morning, Corpus Monsignor. Christi.
2: And we we, we uh, reminiscing uh, about your stories that have been, been airing over the years. And it's, it's like a wine. The older, the older <laughs> they get, the, the more interesting they are. So we, we look forward to hearing about them. And uh, thank you very much. I'm out. I wish you all a good interview. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas,
1: Christmas, Monsignor. Monsignor, thank you very much. And thank you, Monsignor, for all your support to Real Presence Radio. Now, folks, we have Cliff Naylor, uh, the veteran uh, uh, broadcast uh, guy from KFY, KFYR-TV, the author of Off the Beaten Path series. Uh, and, uh, boy, does he have some uh, uh, some stories to share. We we uh, tag this segment, Off the Beaten Path, Catholic Imprints on the prairie and a good morning again cliff thank good you morning. for being thank you for being with us today and uh for those listening across the network uh can you tell us uh tell us a little bit about yourself
3: well i was born and raised in fargo went mm-hmm. to fargo shanley high school holy spirit uh, grade school and i'm married to a wonderful woman my wife monica we met in williston north dakota when we were both working there Uh, We were married in Twin Falls, Idaho. We have three beautiful children. And uh, Monica's also a writer. She's uh, written uh, several books and lots of uh, magazine articles. And uh, I have uh, written three books based on my travels across North Dakota for the Off the Beaten Path television series.
1: Wonderful. And I was reading uh, reading, uh, your books uh here in the past few weeks. Thank you very much for these uh, th- th- these books, uh, uh, Cliff. They, they're just very, very, very entertaining. And uh, uh, I didn't know the, the piece of history that takes you to eastern Montana, and that's my uh, old stopping grounds. That's where I grew up. And uh, you were uh, a KXGN yes. Uh, broadcaster. Yes. Uh, glendive montana and
3: your story is that you you were everything for the station you put in 18 hour days yep i did uh news weather and sports uh weekend uh, board operator um i did a little radio um because they also uh had an (laughs) am radio station right um and that was my very first job
1: yes yes wonderful but uh the the folks listening they want to know what are the catholic imprints on the uh on and uh, can can we just uh, kind of just step right in there you've, mm-hmm. you've uh, uh you started the the series on TV and uh, and they began gee maybe some 30 years ago Cliff?
3: yeah 1995 November okay. of 95 is when it started and um, I was at the time employed as a photographer by KFYR and I would travel around the country with uh, reporters to shoot their stories for him, and I was assigned with Al Gustin, the farm director, many times, to go out and do farm stories in rural Morton, Burley uh, County, and and, um, I, being born in Fargo, was a city boy and had never been on a farm. Okay. (laughs) So, when I went out into the country and did these farm stories with Al, I was seeing things that I had never seen before. Sure even though I grew up in North Dakota. So being an inquisitive guy, I started asking him, you know, what's the deal with this? Or, or what's that building over there? And, you know, we had time traveling to and from the uh, the sites of our shoots. And, and he would very patiently explain to, <laughs> to me that, right. you know, this is what this was because, you know, this was his life. And it, it wasn't new to him. It was just his way of life. But to me, it was... It was fascinating. Sure. So I started asking him, you know, has anyone done a story on this or on that? And, and he said, no, not really. So I thought, well, other people need to know about this stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because, you know, we're all in such a hurry to get where we're going. We get on the interstate. We get on 83 or 95. We maybe do five miles over the speed limit because we're in a hurry. We're late. And we just go. And we bypass... All of this history and these sites and these gems that are located in rural areas of the state on the county roads, and we just never know they're there. I can't tell you how many people have told me, hundreds of people have told me, I've lived here all my life, and I never knew (laughs) (laughs) that this was here, or this was like 10 miles from my home, because... We're just so busy and in such a hurry. So my, my job was to, to find these stories and then bring them to people on television so they, too, could go and discover all this stuff that they had no idea existed in the state.
1: Yes, and... Uh, Hi, Cliff. Uh, Doug Julek here. Hey, Doug.
3: Um, um, I just It's a lot in a book or anything that a person produces, just the title. How did the off-the-beaten-path come about? Well, I I started thinking, uh, what am I going to call this series? And, you know, uh, that's a common phrase. And I just thought all of these sites are located off the beaten path. Um, you you 've got to get off the interstate and you you 've got to maybe get lost a little you know you got to remember back when I started doing this series there wasn 't google maps <laughs> and i 'm directionally challenged so you 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 stopped and you asked directions at a farm if you got if you got lost um, and so I just thought off the beaten path is is a good um, is a good title for the series and then when I wrote the books, I found out that that phrase has been taken by Reader's Digest, so it's copyrighted. So I couldn't use Off the Beaten Path. So I came up with Dakota Day Trips um, for the book series, because most of the sites that are in the book, based out of Bismarck, are a day trip. You can get there and back in a day. So that's why the series is called to go to Dakota Day Trips, and the television series is called Off the Beaten Path because that's not copyrighted for print. Okay.
1: Yes, and if you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, we're visiting with Cliff Naylor of KFYR-TV. He's talking about, uh, or discussing with us, uh, Off the Beaten Path. We take this Catholic imprints on the prairie. And uh, uh, Cliff has written three books called Dakota Day Trips, and uh, we're, we're going to to dig in right now uh, we have a few minutes before our break but let's let's uh, uh, give the audience a little taste of what's coming in the in the remaining of the segments can you give us a story And the most intriguing story one of the there, there are many intriguing stories but the one story that you, you told me when we were visiting on the phone uh, a few weeks ago cliff is uh, the relationship of saint mary's uh, parish in bismarck and the Marquis de Morris, uh, the founder of Medora. Can you tell us that story?
3: Well, people in Bismarck drive by this window all the time on Broadway. It faces faces, uh, south on Broadway, and it's a huge window. And it's a beautiful stained-glass window with Virgin Mary. Um, But the way it came about was in... um, uh, uh when when Medora von Hoffmann and the Marquis were in Bismarck for a murder trial in eighteen eighty five the Marquis was accused of murder, and his trial was held in bismarck and Medora came here for the trial and she stayed with the Benedictine sisters and um prayed with them you know uh was was housed by them and uh the trial uh During the trial, the the Marquis was acquitted. And after he died, Medora was so grateful to the sisters and the hospitality that was shown her that she donated this window (laughs) to St. Mary's Church. And and that's why it's called the Marquis Window. So you can imagine back then a window of this beauty was very expensive. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> and, uh, and Medora just was so grateful and indebted to the, the, the nuns and the hospitality that she received that she donated the window to the church and, and financed it. So that's, that's the story behind the beautiful... Uh, stained glass window that everybody drives by. And, we, and again, it's, a, it's an example. We're in a hurry. We just drive by it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Sometimes I'll just stop in the parking lot across the street when it's lit up at night and just look at it because it's art. Um, I mean, it's, it's beautiful art. I mean, it's, it's hard to do that these days. Mm-hmm. So so that's the story of the marquee window in, uh, in St. Mary's Church in Bismarck.
1: Yes, and uh, you know, I'm never going to drive by St. Mary's Church <laughs> and not think of that story, and I'm <laughs> going to take a good look the next time I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And how many thousands of times, hundreds, thousands of times yeah. I've driven by, didn't know that piece. What a piece of history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, y- you know, I... I those are, th- ladies and gentlemen. That's just a taste of what's in uh, uh, Cliff Naylor's books here, and that's just a, t- that's just a taste of what's coming here in in our segment. So uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with more of "Off the Beaten Path: The Catholic
0: Imprints on the Prairie" by Cliff Naylor. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: Good day to every one of you who are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, and I'm assigned at St. Joseph's Catholic Church, And one of the things that I have found in my assignment is that I wanted to become more friendly to get to know St. Joseph more. And one of the things, just in Joseph's name, J-O-S-E-P-H, if you take that name, Joseph is just. O, that he's obedient. S, that he was silent. E, that he's an example. P, that he was a parent, the parent, the foster parent of Jesus and H, husband of Mary. What a wonderful thing to imitate this good, holy man that the Father in Heaven chose for his foster father here on earth. And so have a devotion to St. Joseph. Come to know him. Come to know his intercession as he brings us and leads us always ever more closely in a relationship with the Holy Family.
0: Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing.
3: It's no secret that parents and students alike love the University of Mary, the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. The Mary community provides students with a home away from home, one that is grounded in the rich vibrancy of the church. With nearly 60 degree programs, 18 NCAA Division II athletic teams, and a thriving university ministry program, there's something for everyone. Find your place at Mary. Visit cometomary.life.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good afternoon. Oh, No, good morning. Good morning. It's not afternoon. Good morning, everybody. Uh,
1: glad you're here at Real Presence Live this morning. My name is Mike Kidrowski, and I'm here with co-host Doug Jellick. Good morning. And we are broadcasting from Steffis in North Dickinson. We also have our studio set up at Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck, North Dakota, where Cliff Naylor is standing by, along with our advancement staff from Bismarck, Karen Selinski. And uh, uh, Doug, this has been a intri- a, a, the story about uh, uh, the Marquis de Morris, uh, Medora, and St. Mary's Church. Just a piece of history that I didn't know but uh, you have a couple questions. Well, like. I, I tell you what. Um, the way I found out a little bit about that is my son stayed uh, during the summertime as a seminarian at St. Mary's Church, and he knew that story a little bit. So that ah. was just great to hear that again by Cliff here. Cliff, I have a couple questions. Uh, one is when you presented this idea to uh, your new staff in regards to, hey, I'd like to. What do you think about this? Doing this, these type of stories did it go over pretty well.
3: Well, it actually wasn't presented to me. It wasn't my idea. Okay. I, I had been doing these stories hit and miss for, for about a year because my main job was to shoot stories for other reporters like Al yeah. Gustin or you know all the other photographers or all the reporters on staff but then when I had a little extra time because I had experience and and could do stories I could do my own stories so I might do one a month or and and all of my stories because I found these rural sites so interesting was I I focused on them because no one else was doing them sure and um so I started doing them, and the news director started getting some some calls from viewers. Hey, we kind of like those those stories that Cliff Naylor is doing. You know, can <laughs> we see more of them? So he came to me, hmm. and he said, "You know, people are are really into this. You know, uh, off the beaten path uh, stuff that you're doing. Would you consider doing one a week?" And I can still remember when he asked me that. I thought to myself, wow, are there really enough interesting <laughs> places in North Dakota to do 52 stories? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that was in 1995. <laughs> I have done hundreds of stories. I had no idea there was even more stuff out there than I could um, could imagine. And because my, my scope, basically, when I started this series, was in... You know, Burley and Morton County, you know, just basically within a 100-mile radius of Bismarck. But the news director gave me the freedom, which is rare, to take a travel day and travel anywhere in the state I wanted to go and shoot the story, which could take four hours out and four hours back, you know, if we're going to Pembina, And then the next day I had to edit it. So I had two days to do one story. That was the only way we could do this series. So he said, "You take, you take two days and you do this so that's how i was able to go to every corner of the state and 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 do these stories without the pressure of turning content every day which is what all the other reporters had to do you had to go out shoot your story come back write, edit it and get it on the air well if you're going to pembina to do a story on the martyr cemetery that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen and that's why these stories never happened was because no reporter was given the freedom to do that. So mm. that's how it came about. Viewers basically said, we want to see more. And the news director said, all right, this is what it takes to give them more. And that's how it all started. Okay. Well, you know, I have three books in front of me. Are there any more places to go? Well, oh, there's <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more places <laughs> to go. <laughs> you know, um, this this third one... Um, was a little different than the first two. Um, there there are some sites and and there are some people that I I put about 10 stories out of the 50 in the third book that that you can't actually go to because the the person has either passed away or the site is no longer you know is 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 up. Um, but I I thought they were great enough stories that people will want to hear about them. A good example is the Pettybone Pagoda. Has anyone ever heard of the Pettybone Pagoda? I call it one of the eight wonders of North Dakota. It was an unbelievable structure in the little town of Pettibone, built by a very eccentric man who tore down, nail by nail and wood uh, panel by wood panel, a grain elevator, carted it to Pettibone, and then reassembled it to make it look like an eastern pagoda and it blew down in a tornado. <laughs> but, I mean, newspapers from all over the world would do stories on the Pettibone Pagoda. And I had done a story on it before it blew down. And I just thought, I'm putting that in the book. You can't go there and see it anymore, but I've got lots of pictures, and I I, I know the story of how it was built, so I put, I put that in there. And then there are other characters that, just a few in, in, in the book about people that I met that are just amazing folks. And uh, another one is uh, the Tin Man. There was this, this guy that I met from Wilton, and, uh, and he made these little tin men out of uh, old discarded uh, uh, coffee cans and green bean cans and sorry bean cans, and he strung them together, and, um, and, and he sold them. And it was just something he did in his shop. And he was the, the kindest. Irvin Josie was his name. He lived to be 100. And we became good friends. I mean, I went to his, his 100th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, Irvin is gone, but, but his, his tin men live on. You can still see the hundreds of tin men every once in a while when you drive through somebody's yard. And I thought, people need to know about this guy. How, and, and, and the amazing thing about him was he only had one hand. Mm. He lost one of his hands in a farming accident. Mm. So he's screwing together and and constructing all of these tin men with with a stub and a hand. Amazing person. So I put that I put that story in there. And then there then there's fifty other news sites like like um, Do you know North Dakota has a waterfall? The producer here is shaking her head saying, no, yes, we have, a, we have a waterfall. There is an official waterfall in North Dakota. It's in the Cheyenne National Forest. It's about eight feet, and it runs all year round. And it's from an underground spring that drains into the Cheyenne River. And you can go there any time of the year. And wow. there's picnic tables there, and you can enjoy a lunch and the scenery and, uh, and see the uh, North Dakota's only waterfall. That's cool, and then the reason we st- we, we, we were doing this so- this story um, uh, with with the Catholic imprints on the prairie is because many of the sites in the books that I have uh, written have Catholic roots. I mean, what was the first thing that the pioneers did after they built their little sod house and you know started plowing their fields? They all got together and they built some of the most magnificent churches in the state. St. Peter's and Paul Church in Strasbourg. St. Mary's Church in Hague. St. Wenceslaus Church in War- Warsaw. Assumption uh, Abbey in Richardson. These were all built by faithful Catholics who said, we want a wonderful place to worship out here on the prairie. Our sod house might not look like much, but when we go to church on Sunday, <laughs> it's going to be magnificent. So I love to go around and do stories on churches. The beautiful historic churches that the pioneers built, and the stuff that's in them, and then, you know, when the pioneers died, the Iron Cross cemeteries. You know, you you have to think back to the early 1800s. There weren't funeral parlors, you know. You probably built your own coffin. You didn't go and have a a gravestone chiseled for you. You needed to make your own thing, and... Of course, wood wasn't going to survive very long against the North Dakota winters, so they needed something iron. So they went out and they built these handmade, beautiful works of art iron crosses that marked the graves. It could have been, you know, stuff that was from an old farm implement, a wagon wheel, whatever they had that was metal that they could... Put together with, you know, their blacksmith skills, they built these Iron Crosses. And there's an Iron Cross cemetery just west of Hague. There's Iron Cross cemeteries all over the state. And so I did stories on those. So that's, that's kind of, uh, those were just some of the stories that, that are included in the books and, and the reason we're on your radio program today.
1: Right, right.
3: And, and Cliff, uh, uh,
1: before we go to a, our next break... You've taken us uh, around uh, North Dakota to Hague, Strasbourg, <coughs> Panama, Wilton, Pettibone, uh, Warsaw, and uh, I've been at the the church in Warsaw. Now that's Saint Stanislaus. Is Saint
3: that? W- Saint uh, Wenceslaus? Saint okay. Wenceslaus.
1: Okay. So anyway, the the, the the what I'm getting at is that uh, I went. To, uh, I had a chance to 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 go in and pray at that church. It's just beautiful, and. it... You know, this was built, uh, you know, a hundred and some years ago, Cliff, and and how how they built the church of that magnitude is just amazing. But it was uh, the stories, uh, you know, about that church. Uh, the, the stories about that church is that yes, the the the, the homesteaders came in, they built their their home uh, of sod uh, to survive, uh, and then the next thing they did is they built this church. And, and I hear stories, some of them put a mortgage on their home, yes. mm-hmm. on, their, on, their, on their farm, to make sure that this church was built. And what a heritage that is about our, what a story about our heritage of our Catholic faith here in North Dakota.
3: The faith of the pioneers. I mean, <laughs> could, yeah. we, could we? Would we do this today? Would we mortgage our homes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that, so that we could all get together and build a church? Yeah. They did. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The faith that uh, they they brought uh, to this uh uh to this area is just phenomenal and their their perseverance, Cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh y- you know, that has to come to mind about these people that came out here. Heavens, it's it's negative 36 below 0 mm-hmm. and they survived. They survived, they thrived. They they spread their faith. They 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 raised families and uh, what a what a piece of history that we can't forget we we Mm-mm. can't forget that but we have to go to a break uh, right now we'll be back with more of cliff Naylor's off the beaten path the imprints on the catholic catholic imprints on the prairie don't go away we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: And good morning once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with co-host Doug Jillick, and we are broadcasting from... Steffis in North Dickinson we also have a studio set up in Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck North Dakota uh, uh Cliff Naylor our guest is standing by there uh along with our uh, staff our advancement staff in Bismarck Karen Selinsky and we're talking about uh the uh, off the beaten path Catholic imprints on the prairie and uh, Cliff Naylor's three books entitled More Dakota Day Trips and uh, uh, Cliff, let's let's get right back in. I'm sure the listeners want to know more stories and, uh, about these untold stories about you, you know the history, the history of the North Dakota settlers, the hardships, the perseverance, the faith that they have that we can't we can't forget about. So, uh, Cliff, go ahead.
3: So this past Sunday at uh, at the cathedral, Father Eli's sermon was about how everybody has a tough life. And he kind of talked a little bit about St. Joseph. You know, he's, he's betrothed to a woman and he finds out she's pregnant, not his. That's, that's kind of tough. And uh, then he's got to go and, you know, travel cross country with his pregnant wife. Uh, and, and she gives birth in a town that, you know, he's a total stranger and he can't even find a place for the night. And then after the baby's born, an angel comes to him and says, Hey, Herod's going to try and kill you. You got to go off into Egypt. <laughs> Right <laughs> So, get your right. donkey and, and get going and then yeah. and then and then come back. you know uh, Saint Joseph had a tough life, and, and you know a lot of us think, oh, I got a tough life, but when you compare your hardships to maybe others, our lives maybe don 't seem quite as tough and and One of the stories in um, the books is is uh, about the Feist family that lived near Zealand, north Dakota and At St. John's Cemetery near Zealand, there are seven iron crosses that mark the graves of seven children. The Feist family lost six children and um, a cousin in a month's time during the 1898 diphtheria epidemic. Now, for those of us that are parents, imagine losing one child the grief and the sorrow you would have from that. But imagine if you lost six of your eight children in one month's time. Three children died on the same day. Wow! And now, on top of that, go back to 1898 and imagine there's no funeral parlor. There's nobody who's going to make a coffin or a gravestone for your children. The father's job was to go into the barn, get some scrap wood, and build coffins. He built six coffins in 30 days and buried six of his eight children. That's tough. (laughs) (laughs) Those people had a tough life. And in St. John's Cemetery are seven identical iron crosses for the seven children that died um, in March of 1898. And they have the images of little angels on them because back then the German-Russians believed that if children died, and they all died before Confirmation, so these aren't teenagers or, you know, uh, kids that have made it to 10, 12 years old. These are these are young children and infants. If they died before Confirmation, they immediately became angels and went to Heaven. So there's little um, angels on these seven Iron Cross graves, all in a row, all identical with different names. The names are all written in German. So that, that kind of gives us an idea that, you know, maybe maybe our life isn't isn't so tough and and again the faith of those those pioneers imagine the faith of that family the parents that had to live through that then there's another cemetery that I did a story on it's 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 called the martyrs cemetery mm-hmm. and cemetery and across the the uh, the gate that you go to to go into the cemetery it says martyrs cemetery and it's it's only for People of the faith that died in the mid-1800s spreading the gospel across the Dakota Territory. So you're talking preachers that were on horseback, missionaries, uh, maybe nuns. They, they died of the elements. They died of disease. They might have died from, you know, uh, attacks. And they were all buried in this one plot in Walhalla, because they considered them to be martyrs, they died, you know, spreading the faith out on the North Dakota Prairie. Mm. And wow. there's there's one uh, there's there, there's one grave there, uh, Reverend uh, Goldie, who uh, you know when imagine you're out on the Dakota, you know territory plains, and there, there, there's nothing there. there. There, There's no cities, towns. You maybe have a village and, a, and a, couple of, a couple of farmsteads that you go by. So you don't have anybody to talk to, so you talk to your horse. You know, you're talking to your and your horse becomes your best friend. Sure. So Re- Reverend Goldie asked the folks of Walhalla that if he passed before his horse did, if they would, when, when his horse passed, if they'd bury his horse next to him. Oh, wow. So they did. Billy Buttons was the name of Reverend Goldie's horse. <laughs> so that's, you know, so <laughs> that's another, that's just another interesting story. So you go to these yeah. cemeteries and, you know, it's not morbid. You you find history there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then you learn about what people went through that 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 went before us. So... Yeah. I find lots of stories, lots of stories in, um, in cemeteries. Yes, Cliff, th- those are
1: outstanding, phenomenal stories. And and folks, if you're just listening to us, we're uh, are just uh, uh, joining us. Uh, we're visiting with uh, Cliff Naylor is our guest. We're talking about the off the beaten path, the Catholic imprints on the prairie, and and uh, uh, Cliff, um, y- y- you mentioned the martyrs cemetery now. That's a piece of history that we may have forgotten about, about the the missionaries that that came to North Dakota. They came to North Dakota. (laughs) They gave up their lives. They came to North Dakota to spread the word. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, they had the same hardships as anybody else, but they chose to come to negative 36 below a windchill North Dakota uh, because of their faith. Mm -hmm. They they knew that... uh, they, that was their call to spread the faith. Can can you unpack that a little bit before break?
3: Well, I don't think we can even imagine it. Um, you know, I'm sitting in a nice, climate-controlled, dry studio here.
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah.
3: <laughs> um, Reverend Goldie didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. probably, probably never. He probably had a little tent, <laughs> if he even had a tent. Probably just a sleeping bag uh, or a blanket. And, you know... To, to, it, it didn't know where he was going. There's no maps. There's no roads. Um, yeah. You're out there on faith. Yeah. <laughs> you're not only spreading the faith, you're relying on your faith to get you to wherever you're going and to keep you safe. You know, there's a lot of danger <laughs> yeah. out there, and yeah. you're just going headlong into it with faith. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, so Cliff, uh, um, we, we've been talking about your, your, your books, the three books, that, and uh, uh, people are getting a taste, just a taste of what uh, is entailed, uh, what the stories in your books. Now, if they would like to uh, uh, get these books or uh, order books, uh, uh, how do they do that?
3: Well, there's several ways you can do it. Uh, Barnes & Noble in Fargo. Bismarck and Minot all carry them. Uh-huh. Um, books on Broadway in um, Minot, or books on Bar- Broadway in Williston, Main Street Books in Minot have them. Um, the, the bookstore at the uh, Heritage Center has them. Um, and also uh, in Jamestown and Medora, uh, there were bookstores that have them. You can order them directly uh, if you're not near any of those cities. Uh, you can order them directly from KFYR-TV. Just call KFYR-TV at 255-5757, and we'll mail them out to you. Don't have to travel anywhere in this kind of weather. Uh, The books are $15. That includes postage and mailing. There's three books. And we've just come out with something that is brand new this year. It's a DVD. You, You know, you can read these stories, but we've now come out with a DVD that has, like, six to eight hours of the stories that I've done. Hundreds of the stories. You can actually see the the story that aired in 1995 and 2000. And a lot of these stories, like, you can go and see... um, st Peter 's and Paul's Church, uh, because the video is all there, and you know the story that I did on them that you know eventually made it into a book form is on these DVDs and the DVDs again, if you call KFYR TV at two five 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 seven five seven they're thirty dollars you get three three DVD discs. And um, there's probably eight hours worth of material on it, so it's going to keep you going all winter long. And then there's a special bonus feature on it that tells you how this story, how this series, you know, came about. How I find my stories. What are some of the most fascinating stories, you know, that I have done? And um, so that's how you that's how you get them. And I get a lot of people. I remember the first year that I. That, that, that we did it, I had a guy come up to me and he, he plopped down 10 books at a book signing. And he said to me, I just got all my Christmas shopping done. Oh, because cool. we've all got parents and grandparents and what do you get for them? They've got everything. They don't need another coffee maker. But what do they have? A lot of time. They've got a lot of time. They might not want to travel overseas, but if they got this book, they could travel all across the state and see things that they have probably driven by all their lives and never even knew existed and a lot of these places that you go to like the the grottos and the churches it's Mm -hmm. all free Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no admission fee (laughs) so a lot of people uh, you know buy the books for that and then grandparents buy them for their kids if the kids move out of state and the grandparents want the kids to come back what do they say well what are the kids gonna do (laughs) (laughs) well There's hundreds of ideas in these books that families can take their kids and their grandkids to and entertain them while they come back to North Dakota to visit Grandma and Grandpa. (laughs) Mm,
1: Very good. Cliff, uh, thank you for joining us. You know, we have another uh, 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 15-minute or 12-minute segment after the break, and uh, we... we, we got just uh, <laughs> we got a taste of what these books, what these stories are all about, the history that we cannot forget about, and so uh, we'll be back with more of Cliff Naylor, uh, off the beaten path, Catholic imprints on the prairie. After this, don't uh, go away. We'll be right back.
0: Stay with us. There's more real presence live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions.
5: Faith is always a path. Faith in God is not a form of knowledge that can be learned like chemistry or mathematics, but remains a belief. Since faith demands our whole existence, our will, our love, since it requires letting go of ourselves, It necessarily always goes beyond a mere knowledge, beyond what is demonstrable. And because that is so, then I can always turn my life away from faith and find arguments that seem to refute it. Belief is never simply there in a way that would enable me to say at a certain point in time, I have it and others do not have it. It is something living, which is inclusive of the whole person in all his dimensions, understanding, will, and feelings. A man can always still give way to this other tendency within himself and thus fall away. Faith is always a path. As long as we live, we are on the way. And on that account, faith is always under pressure and under threat and it is healthy that it can never turn into a convenient ideology, that it does not make me hardened and unable to follow the thoughts of my doubting brother and to sympathize with him. Faith can only mature by suffering anew at every stage in life the oppression and the power of unbelief by admitting its reality and then finally going right through it so that it again finds the path opening ahead for a while.
4: This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. We're glad that you carved out some time uh, for us this morning. And uh, we have uh, our last few minutes with uh, Cliff Naylor uh, talking about Off the Beaten Path, the Catholic Imprints on the Prairie. And uh, he's coming to us uh, via the studio setup. In Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck. We are in Dick, uh, Mike Kidrowski is my name. I'm here with co host Doug Jillick. We're broadcasting from Stephas in North Dickinson. And, uh, uh, well, Cliff Naylor is our guest, and he's talking about pieces of North Dakota history, uh, pieces of our faith uh, in the past that we can't forget, folks. And Cliff has captured those in his books that he's written. And uh, so, Cliff, uh, please continue. We have uh, time for maybe uh, two or three more stories. And uh, please, go ahead.
3: So I want to talk a little bit about um, Count Berthold von Imhoff. Probably a lot of people don't know him. But he was a famous painter that came to the... North Dakota, or the uh, the Upper Midwest, the Great Plains, with a wagon, and canvas and paints, and he would travel across the prairie. And of course, back at that time in the early 1800s, you know, late or or late 1800s, early 1900s, a lot of churches were going up: St. Peter's and Paul in Strasburg, St. Mary's in Hague. All these pioneers were moving in, and they were building these these uh, Beautiful and magnificent churches, but while they could build them, they probably weren't really good at decorating them, so you needed a painter, you needed somebody that had those artistic skills well that's where the count came in. He would go and travel to Strasbourg with his wagon he'd talk to the parish priest and he'd say i could I could paint the ceiling of your uh, of your church with these beautiful images of the Virgin Mary and you know, the Holy Spirit, and and whatever you want. And that's what he did. 108 churches have his paintings in them all across North and South Dakota and Southern Saskatchewan. And some of the churches in North Dakota that that still have them, prominently displayed on their ceilings are St. Peter's and Paul in Strasbourg, St. Mary's in Hague. And uh, he would paint these images on canvas and then attach them to the ceilings. So he's kind of like the Michelangelo of the prairie. Mm. And um, he's very famous in Canada. He ended up as, you know, his, his travels just keep, kept taking him west and north. And he, he ended up in Saskatchewan. And they have a, a huge museum that have got a lot of his paintings that didn't end up on church walls that, that are there. And that's where he passed away, his... Um, his grave is there, but, but just a fascinating fi- uh, uh, figure who, you know, just put all of his, his materials in a wagon <laughs> and, really? and drove across the prairie looking to find work. Who does yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if, if you've ever, you know, been down to Strasbourg or if you want to take a little day trip down to Strasbourg and then go on down to Hague, you can spend an hour or more in each of those churches just absorbing and um, marveling at the works of art that are in these little prairie churches done by Count Berthold von Imhoff, who traveled there in a wagon with canvas and 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 paints and painted these ceilings for these Catholic churches, and they're all over Southern Canada as well. Uh, an- another great story is down in Fairmont, North Dakota, that's in the southeast. There was a parish priest who liked rocks. You know, I, I think people that like to collect rocks and they're called rockhounds. Well, this uh, this father Barons was like just the the epitome of a rock hound. And he would have altar boys and, and he would go around and pick up agates and shiny stones, fossils, you know, just anything that, you know, caught their eye. And he he formed them into these obelisks that were pillars of faith. And he would have you know, scripture from the Old Testament and the New Testament in them, and um, they're still there because you know they're built out of rock, <laughs> so they're 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 not going anywhere. Um, but anyways, it's called the Sermon in Stone, and it's at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Fairmont, and uh, he made these uh, these obelisks, and uh, he used colorful marbles, fieldstone petrified wood, there's even a cannonball in one of them, Mm -hmm. and again, just like the churches, you go there, and you just stand, and you look at this, and you think, wow, one guy did all of this? really (laughs) we have hobbies (laughs) but but this was this was a real hobby and it, it and it uh and it still exists today so those are you know those are just a couple of the other things that i've stumbled upon and then grottos you know there are several beautiful grottos in north dakota uh bishop vetter and his family have the prairie belt built the prairie bells grotto just about sixteen miles east of linton and they've got church bells from abandoned catholic churches in the state that you can ring the bells and they've got a beautiful grotto you can go up there and you can pray and you can just look at the prairie and 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 be inspired by you know what you see and and it's quiet and it's peaceful there's there's several other grottos that i've done stories on um one near Granora, um, that uh, is is, is near one of the cemeteries up in uh, Granora. And um, it's called St. Boniface's Grotto. It's just south of Granora. Then there's another one that was just built by a farmer, Don Kramer, south of Dickinson. Mm -hmm. And it's the the Holy Rosary Grotto. And he's got stained glass built into the fieldstone of the enclosure for the grotto. And a beautiful... A beautiful statue of the Virgin Mary, and he's got, you know, the rosary beads all in in stained glass around this ground. He just did this by himself, out on his farm. And it, it's open for people to come and, and pray and visit. I've got I've got uh, you know directions and every uh uh, everything else for like these grottos in in the newest edition of the of the day trips book. That's one thing about these day trips books is I get lost a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so yeah. there's directions. There's directions and information on how to get to all these places because they're located off the beaten path. Now these days it's a little easier with Google Maps, but uh, still you each story has a detailed. Description of the, the way you get to each of these sites, that some are located in pretty remote areas of the state.
1: Yes, well, Cliff, uh, the, these are great stories. Uh, and again, I keep, uh, you know, the common thread of all these stories of the past is faith. Whether mm-hmm. you're talking about the, uh, the count that came up here in a wagon to, uh, uh, to, to leave these beautiful sacred pictures uh... paintings uh... whether it's the the vetter family uh... uh with the uh, prairie bells grotto don kramer uh... uh... West or south of dickinson uh, michael Tome uh, instrumental in the grotto up in granora uh... Y- you know all this comes back the common thread here is strong faith a strong fat catholic faith and the, the need to spread the good word.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And there's lots of, you know, there's lots of other stories that, you know, that, that are not faith related that I think just North Dakotans are interested in. You know, I, I, I talk about the, um, the first gold medal athlete that ever was right. a native North Dakotan. People, it's not the Lambert sisters. Uh, you know, yeah. I I I talk about you know the state's only waterfall. There's the, the, you know the the Paul Broski Rock Museum up in Partial. If you've got yeah. kids, this is a, almost as good as Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, there's all of these sites all across North Dakota that you know people just have never heard about because we're just in too much of a hurry to yeah. get where we're going, and we don't have time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, even, even the story that caught my eye in this book was uh, just uh, 25 miles away in Richmond, North Dakota, 1918. This big meteorite yes! uh, lit up the sky. It lit up the sky Yes. and uh you know the uh, fragments
3: 19- from that meteorite are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars it, it just yeah. plumbled into the the prairie of north dakota <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so uh that's what you get folks with these uh with these uh with these books and uh cliff we have uh oh maybe a couple minutes left here uh uh what would you uh, what would you like to leave the uh, listeners with uh, in your stories well, uh, uh of uh the Dakota day trips.
3: Just slow down. Take your ah, time. Get okay. off the main highways. Don't be in a hurry. And discover this stuff. I'm, you know, there's nothing special about me. I just, I just travel around, ask questions, and see things. And you could do the same thing. But th- the books give you directions on how to, to see the things that I've seen. And I haven't done stories on every interesting site in North Dakota. There's still many stories out there that are untold that I hope to do stories on, depending on how long I live. Um, but, but just slow down, enjoy, uh, in, enjoy everything that you have here in North Dakota. You don't have to travel outside the state to see some pretty amazing stuff and, and um, uh, you know, just take some time to to discover it. And just one more plug for the books. If you know, there's they're at Barnes and Nobles across the state, uh, local bookstores across the state. Um, KFYR TV, you know, we'll mail them out to you if you call uh, uh, KFYR at two five 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 seven five seven, and uh, or PO Box seventeen thirty eight in Bismarck is the address. Uh, the books are fifteen dollars each. That includes post and handling. We've got a new DVD out now that has got over eight hours and hundreds of, uh, not hundreds, but, but more than 100 stories. The video stories that actually aired on TV on th- on three DVD desks, and those are also available by uh, by calling KFYR TV in Bismarck. Thank Wonderful. you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, thank you for joining us, Cliff. Thank you very much, Kath. Uh, thank you to uh, uh, Karen Selinsky, the Advancement Staff in Bismarck, for setting up the studio. And, folks, uh, the final word that uh, Cliff Naylor left us, slow down what a great message in this uh, fourth week of it. we're in the middle of the fourth week of advent and uh, uh thank you for that message uh, cliff thank you for your gift of time this morning and uh, uh coming up folks uh we will have uh kim height uh, kim is the uh director of people and culture at steffes in dickinson you're going to want you're you're going to enjoy her story folks. Don't go away, we'll be right back.
0: Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.